Welcome to For What It's Worth. There's your cookie. Have fun. <laughs> An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Wisconsin, Texas. One thing about coming out to a convention on the East Coast. That's not the East Coast, Minnesota is not the East Coast. Oh. And now, two fools who might one day be guests of honor at a convention. Four hobos at a dumpster. Pull that record. <laughs> We're done. Abort. Here are Rue and Tugs. I didn't even put it on here, but I know what's coming next. Or do you? Oh, yeah, I do. Thanks, Rue, for the random fill-in intro. <laughs> this is, for what it's worth, Season 5, Episode Lucky 13. First impressions much? We will get to our guest in a moment, but we will first ask the harried and regularly hear Rue what he's been up to. Well, oh my goodness, so many things have been happening. It's been about um, a month, right? As recently, yeah, it's tons of things. My best, one of my best friends um, got married to a significant other, and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I was their best man. They even had fursuiting there. That was kind of interesting and awkward at the same time because we were with their family members, and it was sometimes it was with some of them, it was their first time um, being with a fursuiter. So. That was interesting. I liked it. That actually, I told Space uh, on Telegram that that was the most fun wedding I've gone to as an adult. Good. Like it was fun, not because we date. First of all, you don't leave letters sitting around in a room because people will mess with them. Mm-hmm. But I also just it was it was the right amount of elegance without being too stuffy. Yeah, yeah. No, I one hundred percent agree. The only part of it that I was kind of like, I felt it was a little bit weird was like the wedding ceremony itself. Just because of the the uh, minister, that person, he was, I don't know, he just, he was really awkward. He was not at all emotionally invested in what was happening. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it was kind of like, I don't know, that's the only one thing that I probably would have been, would have changed. But I still cried because, you know, I cry at weddings, but, um, but it, yeah, a huge congratulations to Space, uh, Space Bear and Felix. Um, Space has been on our show before, and he also runs a, a program called um, Fur Media. So check it out sometime. May. So what have you been up to, Mr. Tugs? I was going to say may he have many years of happiness, but fine, we won't do that. Um, I have an announcement. First of all, Fanex was eaten by Adobe. So we will Why? take the, we will all take, the work. We will take the audio and um, redistribute it across the episodes. For instance, we interviewed Buzz Aldrin. And that's a cool thing. Yeah. And we also interviewed Jess Harnell, and that's a pretty cool thing. And we don't want to, obviously, just let them go to waste, but I also don't want to spend another 12 hours of my life re-editing something I've already done. So we will be uh, playing some of that in the season finale, and some of it will be played much sooner. So if you were interviewed, you will be heard. We will play it. Awesome. Um, But on the flip side, we won't be going back to FanX, and that is simply because... We we did we did everything by the book, and they did not handle their treatment of press there at all, like they told us they would. And we did we they said you know give us a list of the people you'd like to interview, et cetera, et cetera. We sent ours within an hour. We interrupted our work, and we're completely set aside. And while we recognize that we aren't a powerhouse media corporation, there is a certain amount of professionalism and respect that we would have expected, even a courtesy of we didn't get 
it from you or we can't accommodate your requests. Even Nintendo has been kind enough to give us that when we asked to interview Reggie. And, some, and Fanex couldn't pull that together. And despite our attempts to reach out to people there with the understanding of how things are at a convention, we feel genuinely like the convention has blatant disregard for media. And, well, and this was the second time. Yep. So, so we can't give Fanex glowing remarks uh, or we can't and we can't endorse them as an event that we would recommend attending at this point if you go have fun we won't be taking the show there in a professional or not professional but in official capacity but i do want to say thank you for all the people that did interview uh while we were out there you made our experience extremely enjoyable and um i i have to say it was nice to go out with koru it was fun they're dating to hang out no, no, we're not dating. We're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things. It is nice outside. It's really nice outside. I said this last episode, but oh man, that spring fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't nice yesterday. It's been really cold. Yeah, I know. It got cold. Today. It was hailing today when I ate lunch. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, I have a new a new thing in my life, which is Alexa. What does Alexa do? Alexa is Amazon's little voice service, and it beats the pants off of everything else. I live in a Star Trek house now. It's pretty amazing. She's she's disabled at the moment so that she doesn't start doing stuff while we talk about her. Uh, but, like, you walk in the house and say, turn on the lights, and she just turns on the lights. It's the best. So it's it's been fun and useful. Not just fun, but useful. In fact, I have a portable Alexa on the table just for these moments. So, yeah. And now that I have a fat bit now, I mean Fitbit, I can even ask her how my Fitbit is doing, and she'll tell me, hey, fatty, get up and walk around. It's good motivation. That's, uh, that's neither here or there. It's time for this. He's only half eight. It's Rue's Cookie Time. All right, so here's the cookie today. Sometimes you just need to lay on the floor with a cookie. Where's the bed? Sometimes you just have to lay on the floor with a cookie. Did you just make that up? No, it's right here. It's a fortune. You're staring at a screen I can't see. You just Googled a picture of a fortune cookie. It's a cookie. Okay, so if you want to send your fortune cookies in, send a photo of your fortune cookies, not from Google. Yeah. To, to cast it for what it's worth.com and we'll read them. Or rue at for what it's worth.com. Oh, uh, why? Why do, why do you want them personally? Uh, maybe I want to, you know, I don't know. Some weird <laughs> You are weird. All right, and we are back, and we are currently going to be talking about what? First impressions, a.k.a. badges. First impressions. And we have a wonderful guest here with us, which is Marcy. She's a cheater. <laughs> I'm a cheater? Yeah, yeah. Last time you were on our show, you were cheating on our game. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we haven't forgotten. <laughs> well, I guess those were my first impressions. <laughs> we have used that several times since where you say, I'm so cheating. Do you remember your game? Yeah, I remember. Good. So how long have you been an artist yourself? Um, professionally? I just, you know, where did you start out? I've been drawing since longer than I can remember, since I was very small. 
back, been... back in black and white? <laughs> if you want to talk professionally, um, I left my office job in 2000. So I've been doing it full-time and professionally um, since then, since 2001. You had an office job? <laughs> mm-hmm. For six years. Can you believe it? I stuck it out for six years. Wow. Yeah. I Data did. entry. Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> I am so sorry. I know. Yeah. Did you excel at it? Oh. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> oh. That, that's a bad joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so you how long have you you've been married since you were on last i think right um I think you were yeah engaged. i think so yeah so how long have you been married now uh for what is it this this may will be our third anniversary wow yeah it's exciting it is and let's see you guys have um kids right you have two kids two boys yep who are now 11 and 13 oh awesome Right? Yeah, I've been alive longer than, or I, they've been alive longer, or as long. I'm trying to do this right now. I'm failing. <laughs> I've been, been in the fandom conventions. longer than they've been alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel old. I can't talk. So you are in can- Canada, right? Is that correct? That's right, Calgary, Alberta. You cannot read show notes. I put America's hat. <laughs> okay. Yes, How is the it hat? Did say that. The hat is great. <laughs> you have Tim Hortons. <laughs> How uh, do you, okay, I've been told I need to ask a Canadian this, and since we're on the record, what's, do you know who Schmirler the Curler is? No clue. Good, okay, my friend's pulling my leg. He said, oh, the Canadians know who Schmirler the Curler is, and I think it's an in-joke. Mind you, I don't watch curling or any other sports, so I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> See, I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know who this is. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, well. So we sent out for some emails, and we got a few back, uh, asking people about what they thought should be on badges, what badges mean to them, what shouldn't be on badges, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just grabbing our first email from Kane, and what he had to say. Unless, Rue, do you have that ready? I do not. Okay. I'm no problem. Here it is. It. He says, hello, for what it's worth. This is Kane McKeaton again. So badges, the ubiquitous furry identification device. Most convention-going furs probably have at least one, and I know some have many, many, many badges to their name at any given time. Since our fandom so heavily revolves around our imagined personas that unless you have a fursuit, you don't have much in the way of real, real-world visualization, badges make it easy for everyone to identify who's who and connecting the real person to the fuzzy face encountered online. Of course, because there are things you'll usually wear in public, it might be wise to consider the content of your badge before you commission or draw one. <laughs> Most conventions likely want to maintain at least a PG-13 atmosphere, so obscene or blatantly sexual badges are probably a bad idea. Likewise, fetishes that are likely to squick some folks, aka graphic vor, etc., are probably not a good idea for badge content either. Basically, your normal furry art, if it isn't something you wouldn't show to your grandma, you probably shouldn't be pinning it to your chest for everyone to see. Anyway, that's my two cents for the subject matter. As always, looking forward to more awesomeness from you guys, and can't wait to hear the episode. Signed, Kane. So that's his opinion on it, and that's what we're going to get into today. Mm-hmm. Switching back to my show notes. Awesome. I've got so many so, things going on, on my screen. So, right Marcy, now. Um, how how do you feel that badges defined defined people? Like you, you do tons and tons of badges. I do. I do tons of badges. I do hundreds and- a year. Um, how do they define a person? Yeah, like. 
Uh, why why do you feel that it's important in the fandom? I've often been told by people that um, when I draw their character, it's it's like they're they're realizing some part of themselves that has been long um, hidden from people that that no one can see until it's realized in art, and that's such a privileged pos- privileged position as an artist to to bring someone's personality to life, as it were. Um, so I think badges are, are really important to people. And just so we have a standard definition here, how do you choose to define what a badge is? Is it just a piece of art on paper, or how would you lay that out as a definition? Those, yeah, those are my badges. So <laughs> probably 90% of the badges I do are done with Prismacolor Barker in a 3-inch by 4-inch format, and they're made to be worn on your clothes. They're out in public, um, but not all of them are. Some of them are digital. Some of them are meant to be private, so people would only wear them at a private party. So what's your interaction with badges the most, besides when you draw them? So let's take this, because you have, you have kind of two sides of the same coin, right? So when someone comes up to you and you're mm-hmm. not drawing for them, they have a badge on. So what is what kind of interaction do you have with that badge in, say, the first 10 seconds? Um. It's like this is the name you want to be going. This is the name you want to be called by. So, I, I'm right away scanning their their body for all these badges to see what kind of personality is is evidenced in the character. Are they are they happy? Are they excited? Are they kind of emo? Um, is, are there lots of different names? Is there one present name? So yeah, I'm taking that all in in the first few seconds. So. Corey, yeah. Um, what do badges symbolize? Uh, what do badges symbolize to you? Uh, I guess as a way of uh, identity, you know, so you can kind of show people quickly, like your ID, basically, you know, your species, color. Um, it also represents a lot of hobbies, because you know I've got a few badges where you know I've got a ham radio, or in another one, you know, I'm in a Halloween costume, which is actually kind of funny to see a furry in a Halloween costume. Um, but, you know, really interests in, in who you are. Do you remember, uh, I mean, this is a follow-up question. Do you remember your first badge? I do, actually. Uh, my first two was actually uh, Marcy's back in 2007. So how, wow. about, <laughs> how about for you, Tugs? Do I remember my what? first badge? Yeah. It was what? a gift. And yeah, I do. I have it, but it's locked. All my badges are locked up digitally. Uh-huh. Well, actually, that's not true. All the badges that Marcy does for me are locked up digitally because people treat them like they're commodities, and I protest that. So those ones are locked up. The ones that other artists do are not locked up. Like Even Marcy knows this because we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but my first badge is 03? Hmm. It's old. Um, yeah, but no, I, I have it still. But I remember, like she was saying, um, it was kind of like, this idea in my head, it's almost like that Harry Potter moment in the movie where like he holds the wand up to his head and he pulls the thought out and it was like, that's it. That's it right there kind of thing. But mine was a gift as well. So it was completely unexpected. So how, how did it symbolize you though? Well, it's that, it's that embodiment of your ideal self, right? So it's, this is what I built up this character to be. And now this is the container it fits in, in a way. So actually, and I actually want to go back to the other half of the coin here. So, and 
so Marcy, you see people, they come up to your table, they talk to you, you look at their badge. So you do what every furry does, right? And yeah. okay, that's who you are. So then now is now they say, okay, I want to exchange goods or money for goods and services with you. And you engage in all the business side, but then you start asking them a bunch of questions. So you get a completely different interaction with badges than most people will ever get. You have a series of questions right. you'd like to ask. What, what, describe that process for us. Um, well, besides asking the obvious, like, what species are you? What color are your eyes? Which some people have never thought of before. It's like, oh, my eye color. <laughs> um, I also ask for personality. Like, what kind of pose do you want to be presenting on your badge? Do you, is your character shy? Are you outgoing? Are you mischievous? Because this will also give people who look at the badge a hint as to who the person is it is that they're speaking to. Do you do you experience the artist confessional where like the person has never commissioned art before and they're really not wanting to talk about what they want, but they want to get that from you anyway? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So I just try to be my my most soft and gentle and sweet self and, and just trying to eke it out of them a little bit at a time. Is it has it ever just gone really far south? Is there a horror story in here somewhere? Not really, no. <laughs> We're awful, aren't we? <laughs> Tell us the evil side. <laughs> I think you asked me this last time if I had any real horror stories about commissions. And, you know, I don't really. Since, right? What's that? There's been a few hundred badges. <laughs> I know. So you'd think I'd have some horror stories. But, no, for, for the most part, it's, it's, um, it's a really lovely experience. I love doing badges and, and people love receiving them. And that's... That brings me joy, and it brings them joy, and that's that's perfection to me. So let's go ahead and poll the room real quick. Overall, on a scale to 1 to 10, how important are badges to you in a social context, and why? We'll go ahead and start with Koru. Well, like what they actually symbolize to me? Just or? how no. important they are. Overall, scale to 1 to 10, how important are badges to you in a social context? It's important for me if I'm at a convention. Um, obviously, when you're meeting new people, you know, you want to kind of, you know, get your identity out there. Um, but I really don't see them needed in, like, smaller situations, like, you know, house parties or small gatherings, even, like, you know, local fur meets. I may, but I don't really consider them that important. But at a convention, they're absolutely important. So on a 1 to 10, what do you give it? Uh, 7. Wow. I thought you would have given a much higher number. Well, okay, what number would you give to It's an absolute 10. Absolute <laughs> 10. Like, that's not even not even kidding. Because the thing is, like, okay, so w when I go to con, I always go to con a couple days early, especially FC, because FC is just this elaborate thing. Um, but there's a point. There's always a point where we all stop. Whoever, it's, just, it's always Scritch, me, and someone else. Where we stop and we go, is it time to put on badges yet? Like, there's a, there's clearly this bright line where it's like, okay, are we in con mode? Are we wearing badges yet? Or are we not? <laughs> and, like, when we go away from the con, it's like, do badges stay on or come off? Like, there is there's clearly a discussion <laughs> that happens at con about badges that I, I don't do that anywhere else. Like, I don't come home and go, hmm, are you going to wear a badge? Because I don't, it doesn't even occur to me. But at con, there's that moment of switchover. I, uh, I always take mine off if I leave the hotel because nobody else around will get it, you know? It's only the people in the hotel that really know what's going on. Oh, don't take it off at FC. You get discounts. So then it becomes like free money, right? It's I, like Jew's favorite thing. I haven't been to FC in years. <laughs> I mean, Rue's favorite thing? Crap! <laughs> <laughs> so now my name is Jew. <laughs> what? 
is going on? It's been a month. I'm just... It has been crazy. Mark you know, that. You know, Tugs, I'll be honest with you. I would give... I, I'll be honest. I give fi- uh, badges a five. What? Yeah. Get I, off my planet. Not, not as... <laughs> no, it's not that I don't feel that they're important. It's just like... I guess when you're when you've been in the fandom for a very very long time, it's just I you know I have badge art I have the character I don't need to have a new badge every single convention. But we're not asking if you need a badge every single convention. <laughs> Do you just need to have a badge? Um, I definitely don't need to have a badge at my best friend's wedding. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring I that up. I know what you're getting at. <laughs> Okay, the only reason why I brought that up is because some furry that went to the wedding last night had his badge art on. And I was kind of like... Yeah, really? Really? (laughs) This is not an appropriate setting. No, but at a convention, okay, yeah. I usually, when I go out, I'll wear my badge. When I'm in fursuit, I'll have my badge tagged to my bag. So, yeah, as far as, as an essential part at conventions or when you're going to a group meet or whatever, it's, it's appropriate for you to have a badge. Is it more Do than I a feel five? like that it's appropriate for you to have a whole bunch of badges? I think that's a little excessive. I think that you pick <laughs> one, pick one and you go with that one and then, okay, all right. You change it out. You, you go back to your room or whatever, have dinner. Oh, okay, now Who switch it out to room? another one. Who you eat dinner in your room? <laughs> no. Oh, after okay. after oh, dinner. Oh, okay. <laughs> like what kind of cheap dinner are you having? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen I've seen some furries that are like like having them like inside their trench coat. Oh, or like whatever. Orion. Yeah. Like it's like I have a trench coat of badges. It's like that's a little <laughs> bit obsessive. Or or you see the guys walking around and they just have their badge mail, you know, just that's Orion. Everywhere on their body. Mm-hmm. All right, so but you know what? Oh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, but what is really important? What's interesting about our particular fandom is our fandom is if you go to an anime convention or Comic Con or Fanex, you don't see them with these badges. I mean, you'll see it maybe at a Brony convention. You do, yeah. Um, I wear my badges at a, I wear my furry badges at at BronyCon. Yeah, you'll you'll probably see it at a brony convention, but for some reason you don't really see it at an anime convention. Really, it, huh. our fandom is very very unique in the way that the badges have such a big big impact. Sorry. Yeah, well, saying. and I think that's mainly because a lot of times at uh, anime conventions there's a lot of cosplay, and so you're kind of cosplaying that character. But, and you but wouldn't we necessarily have need a badge. Suits. But we're we're our own characters. But we've created our own characters. We don't have. We're not using someone's IP. So, Marcy, you have you have you go to cons and I mean for you a lot of the times. In fact, I think all the times they're they're mostly business trips. But you do have a badge, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever update it? Do you make new ones? <laughs> um, I seldom update my own, but once in a while I get one done by a friend. Ah, okay. And that's always fun. So what's your perspective on all this conversation? Because I know you, you just have such an interesting relationship with conventions in general, right? For you, it's, mm-hmm. it's you go, it's, it's work, you work your conventions. A lot of people yeah. work their cons. And 
and so to hear this conversation, I know you've heard this kind of conversation before, but how do you feel when you hear these kinds of conversations going on? Is it kind of alien to you? Yeah, it's just interesting to hear the other side of um, of the table, so to speak, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stuck behind my table the, the whole time. Um, so it's just interesting to see, to hear people's perspectives about what badges mean to them, uh, what purpose they serve. Um, yeah. Do these have do these conversations to in, have they ever influenced you when you've heard these kinds of things in the past? I seldom get to hear this kind of a conversation. So oh. thank you. <laughs> ah, I see. Um as far as it influencing me? Yeah, like know. like has it has it ever made you stop and go, you know, this might mean a lot more to this person than I'm probably giving it, so I'm going to like take an extra moment here to make sure that this fluff is drawn with just the right curvature. Like these are things that I know you probably have thought like fluff curvature is not a thing I think about, but I'm sure it has occurred to you, right? <laughs> fluff curvature is very important. <laughs> <laughs> but but have you ever done that? Like been like, this is important to this person. I'm just going to give it one extra second here. Um, I always put, put my, my best effort into a batch um, because I know that it is very personal. It's a, it's a very personal piece of art. And um, some details, like I want to make sure I get them right because I've had people say, well, you missed this or many artists miss this. So I just want to emphasize how important this detail is to my character. It's like, oh, okay, all right, I'll make sure I put that in. Um, and I always feel bad if I get something wrong. It's like, oh, man, let me correct that if I can. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, you know, as far as with artists... Like you're definitely one of the artists that that give a lot of I mean, put a lot of effort into your art, and you also put a lot of um, soul into your art. In fact, I said that before uh, last time that I interviewed you is that you have a lot of um, you you have a way in which you can bring characters to life. There's a lot of artists out there, unfortunately, um, and maybe it's just me being biased. But mm-hmm. um, when I look at some of the other um, art pieces, they're either like flat or they don't seem to like, there's, there's no magic to it. Like there's like mm. the soul of the piece is missing in some way or form. But my opinion. You don't have yeah. any opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That was your opinion. Period. Ah! All right. So we have a few extra moments in this particular segment. So I figured this is a good time to ask you, Marcy, since you are the expert on this. So I know how to do this, but I remember my first time I wanted a badge. So and actually, we had someone, I can't remember if it was on chat or somewhere, but they were like, I need to know what the steps are to make this as easy a process as possible. So what should someone do to prepare before they approach an artist for a badge? What should they do when they're discussing the art with you? And what should they do afterward? Um, beforehand, it's really helpful to have a reference picture of your character. And, and I don't necessarily mean the, the standard reference picture with different poses and, and, and all that stuff. Just some kind of art that shows that gives me a visual representation of your character. And if you don't have one, that's fine. But you should have a clear idea of how you want your character to be drawn. Like, is it a standard bear? What are its markings? What are its eye colors? Does it have any, you know, special features like stripes or something? Um, so have a clear idea of your character. Visual is best. Just not, um, was it Second Life? Oh, oh. I hate those. Oh. <laughs> I hate those references. 
those are just lousy references. Well, now, now, why why are those lousy? It's just because they're really blocky style characters. I mean, it's not the greatest graphics engine. It is so hard to pick apart what details are actually integral to the character in a Second Life drawing. Oh, it's it's very frustrating for artists. Because <laughs> I guess you know another thing about it. It looks like everything's like on a flat surface when you're looking at a character in Second Life. Yeah. There's no, like, like a, a, a wristband doesn't actually stand up off the wrist. It's just, like, a black band across their wrist. And then the yeah. fur is adjacent to it with no division. What if yeah. what if it was, like, a, if if they gave you a picture, a reference from Second Life like that, but instead of it just being one single photograph of, of it, it was, like, multiple different photographs from an angle. Would that be something that's yeah. easier? You mean, like, three different angles? Yeah, like, three different angles. And diagonal. Or would Some, that still somewhat, be super difficult? Somewhat. It's just really difficult. It, with, the, the, um, with the way that Second Life characters are constructed, the, the fur doesn't look real. You know, It just looks blocky. So I'm not sure if they want me to draw it blocky or if that's just how Second Life, how, how it shows up on the Second Life character. Gotcha. Um, I understand. So, so what about? I'd rather have a stick figure than a second <laughs> Perfect segue. Thank you. So, so stick figures. I literally have gotten to the point where I'm like, I want this specific pose, and while I yep. am no one's master of anatomy, like I go to the art store every now and then to buy like one Prismacolor marker, which no one does but me, and I look at those little dolls you can pose, and I go, I can't ever draw with those. Like, you know, so I just get like, like stick figures, and I put little balls yep. for the joints, and then sure. I go. That I want that pose. I know that the anatomy probably doesn't work, but adapt it. <laughs> like oh, do something. I can work with that. Sure. So that is yeah. an okay thing to do. Yes. Yes, it is. As long as she has a a reference with it, yeah. because yeah. Uh, of some sort. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the detail. process. Well, um, the middle process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't need to know a whole lot of backstory about your character because I'm I'm sorry, but my time at a convention is really limited. If I want to get to everyone's badges, um, and I want to please as many people as I can, obviously. Um, so if you if you think that the, a character's backstory is necessary to how I draw it, it probably isn't. It's, it would suffice to tell me that your character is military, or um, has some scars here and there, but it's more the visual that I'm after. And a basic personality, like is your character shy, are they scared, are they super excited? So that's what... That's really what I need to know, the so, personality. So if someone really needs to tell you their backstory because they're special in some way, what would you say? 20 words or less? Yeah, probably. Less, less is more. Okay. 20 yeah, I know you're super excited about your character. I totally get that. I feel the same way about mine. But it's probably not necessary to the visual spend, badge. <laughs> spend the words on other things. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so, um, so now they're waiting for you. Oh, you know what? Before they're waiting for you. Let's talk about turnaround time. That's one thing right. people don't know how to approach. Right. Know? So how do they approach that how long will it take question? Um, it's fair to ask, will it be done here at the convention or afterwards? Um, I try to get 99% of my badges done at the convention so that people can pick them up by Sunday afternoon at the latest. And I open my hours... Um, probably for as many badges as I can get, get done that day, whether it's in a dealer's room or in my hotel room afterwards, so that you can pick it up for the next morning. Um, not all artists work the way I do, though. Um, but I think most of them have a, a pretty strong work ethic if they're going to be behind the table at a dealer's, 
dealers down. What about outside of a con? So they, if they're corresponding with you over email, how should they approach mm -hmm. the question? Um, it's fair to ask an artist, do you know what the timeline is for this? Like, are we talking a, a few days? Are we talking a few weeks, a months? Um, I don't know. I try to keep my, my queue times fairly short. So it, it, it's more realistic for me to have a badge done in a few days to a couple of weeks at the outside. Uh, but some people have a really long queue. And I, as a customer, yeah, it's totally within your rights to ask that. So when so they ask that, now time passes. Mm -hmm. How much time should pass before they go, can I get a status update? Like Now, I know that's probably, with you, not going to happen nearly as frequently. But in general, because I'm sure you associate, I know you associate with your art drawing friends. Mm -hmm. what's what's the rule of thumb there should they wait like a couple weeks is there a percentage well, of time yeah if you've been told by the artist i'll have this done by the end of the week and you haven't heard anything by the end of the week sure email for the status update um if you're told it'll be done by the end of the week and you email them the next day and say hey just wanted to know where my badge is then the artist will probably get frustrated it's like mm -hmm. okay i told you the end of the week <laughs> Wait for the end of the week. I have to eat. I have to sleep. Yeah. Has anybody... And it may not be the only thing that they're working on. They may have other projects that they have to do alongside of your commission. Go ahead. Um, has anybody ever asked you if they can watch? And how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, sometimes people ask if they can watch. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, if, if I wasn't fine with drawing in public, I wouldn't draw in public. <laughs> but is there but, an armchair where they can watch you draw? Like, can they sit in it? Not really, no. <laughs> not, not a, <laughs> a live streaming while, camera. I'll do um, live streaming. And that's a great time to watch me draw because you can watch through the camera and it won't feel awkward for you or for me because I won't feel your eyes on me. <laughs> So, and yet you get to see the whole process, and, and that's an kind of cool. So back back to the subject that we um, we were talking about before. What if what if somebody's waiting seven months for art wow. from somebody? That's a really long time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would already... find it really hard to wait, and I would. <laughs> I, I just don't wait. Make people wait that long. So um, so do some research on on your end as the buyer. Yeah. There's, there's another rule of thumb in play here, too, that uh, a lot of people aren't aware of, but I'm sure Corey will jump in and, and, and say something here once I say it, which is PayPal does have a certain amount of time that you can file and say, I didn't get what I paid for, assuming you paid through PayPal. Mm -hmm. And if the window of time that they're quoting you is outside of that, it's not a wise decision. But if you're within that window, you have a lot more options, not saying that you're going to get you know your resolution you want every time. Um, but you're once you go outside that window, it's kind of like, well, you know, spend six. I think it's like six months. Like this is not a small window, yeah, kind of thing. And that's that's your optimal time is within that window. Yeah, that's correct. As long as you send the money as you know, goods or services, you know, don't do mm -hmm. it as a gift because then you'll have the option to uh, request a, a refund or uh, you know, complain and say, you know, I still haven't gotten this product. And uh, that window of time, they actually just changed it a few months ago to six months. Yeah, 180 days. 180 days. Mm -hmm. So, 
All right, so we're running out of time, but let's let's touch on the okay, it's done, and I'm going to receive it part. So, mm-hmm. what's the mo- what's what's the transaction going to be there, and how should the person who gets the badge behave? Let's say because there's a wide variety <laughs> of reactions. I'm sure you've seen. Yes, um, I've talked to my fellow artists about this, and one thing that that we love about conventions is that we get to actually see someone's face when we hand over the art which you don't get when you mail it. So, so it, it's a special moment. We get to see, do you like it? Um, I put all of this effort into it. Um, I, I did my best with your character. Do you like it? So if you look at it and don't make any expression and walk away, we're like, oh no, crap, they hate it. I, lo- I suck. <laughs> and it, it's, it's so demoralizing. But if you look at it and you say, oh, I really like that, or... Mm, you missed something, can you fix this? Then then that's something to work with, right? Mm-hmm. But ideally it's the, oh, I love it, response that <laughs> we crave. Have you had someone cry? <laughs> when they've gotten their badge? Yeah. Um, sometimes tears of joy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crying still, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, so, so the appropriate response is something and then... Typically, a thank you is, was, yes. was, is, I know that we've talked about that, right? Just say oh, yeah. thank you and then go away because I've got to do more pitches. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the reality of it. I mean, you do have other things you got to get moving to. So, I, Yeah, I do have a lot to do at a con, yeah. Yeah. But the, the gratitude part is, it's, I don't know. Like it's, I've, I've, I've made a point since you and I talked about this years ago, Marcy, where yeah. like, I'll be in the room and it'll be a particularly slow time so I don't have to keep moving, right? There's not like a, a mass of people. And I'll watch as someone picks up art. And like, yeah. it's, it's interesting that whole exchange is like this fly on the wall where they react and they're really excited and the artist is grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. Or they don't react and the artist is crestfallen. Yeah. Oh. Or the worst yep. the worst is when the person picking it up doesn't really like it but is still faking it. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that really is hard. Oh, thank you. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just being polite and saving face. Yeah. Have you ever been asked to um kind of like completely redo a badge? Um I have had to redo a badge. Um, trying to think of a particular uh, a particular time. I know it's happened where I've made mistakes. Um, usually, when I'm at a convention and I make a mistake, uh, I I try to save it so I don't have to redo it all. Um, sometimes, if I've forgotten to add a particular piece of clothing, um, I'll do a, a a paper doll kind of thing where I'll cut out another little piece of the, of the clothing, like. Shorts. He's supposed to be wearing shorts and not a diaper. It's like, oh, crap. Okay, let me make a pair of shorts. And I cut it out with my scissors and color it separately and tape it on so that it looks um, like it's supposed to be there. Except that it's like a paper doll and you can take the shorts off and put them on. That, that's that's, <laughs> added. Well, that's, that's cool. fun, right? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's clever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sometimes I've, I've botched it so much that I have to redo it. And that's... It's like, oh, man. Who wouldn't want clothing <laughs> for their badges? See? Me. That's so much more stuff to haul around. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody come up to you and, and be like, oh, yeah, you, you've drawn a couple badges for me. I'd like to get another one. You're like, okay, well, let me see a reference. Oh, you don't remember what you drew? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that has happened. You drew my character five years ago. Remember? Um, no. I might remember if you show me the exact badge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> That tiger, right? <laughs> that fox. I, w- I was the white fox that you drew. You don't re- remember me? Right. <laughs> You're the only one. Uh, All right. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe people don't realize just how many I do um, at a convention, let alone in a year. <laughs> so can, can I ask you, Marcy, what do you do when somebody comes up to you and is all squeeing? Finally, they're mi- meeting Marcy. They know you. They've seen your art. Like... Oh, I think that's so awesome. I, I love to meet people <laughs> who are excited to, to meet me. It's like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I feel really flattered. I, th- I think it's great. That's awesome. That's a classy way to handle it. I felt like a Cause... dork the first time I met you. Because it, was, it, wasn't it wasn't even in the dealer's room. I was. It, it was in an elevator. And, of oh. course, uh, it was at the... At Rainforest, it was 07. Yeah. And I miss Rainforest. It's it just like, you know, I saw your badge. And, of course, I'm wearing my badges that, that you did for me, what, a few months earlier? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're her. You drew my badges. <laughs> and I showed them to you, like, like held them up, like, made a point of doing that. And you're looking at me yeah. like, yep, I did. <laughs> oh. Here's your gold star. Oh yes, oh, you should carry no. your own gold stars. No, I I totally don't mean to to come across like like that. Oh no no no. Sometimes I... if you see me in an elevator, especially at the end of the day, I'll have this glazed look in my eye. <laughs> That's probably what it was. But no, yeah, I didn't. It's I didn't like take any offense. Yeah, lack of sleep and, and not enough food and and too many hours drawing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't take it personally. Oh no, not at all. All right, so I think I, I'm we're almost out of time, but I I do want to ask. I know that you probably don't want to. You don't have to answer this. We'll put it that way. Let's let's have a moment here to discuss conventions and their policies on badges, a.k.a. Euro fronts. So the short version is they said, we're going to ban these these kinds of badges. And they, I mean, they, it was targeted towards baby furs wow. uh, initially. And they were like, well, if we have that out in public, we're just you're just going to lose your membership. And Seriously? Yeah, that's that's the short version of it. And they, they came out and later refined it and so forth. The other problem with that is that the staff uh, were making untoward comments towards people. Very vicious, pretty outright mean comments like, go kill yourself kinds of comments. Which were- wow. So, so in other words, to to shorten this up a little bit, basically, Marcy, if one of your badges was on somebody, they would, um, and they had they diaper or something like that on them, mm-hmm. um, they would be asked to not attend the convention and not be there. Wow. It's, it's been a thing that people are like, you know, the fandom evolves and grows. So I just wanted to get everyone's opinion on, you know, do we need to be that obsessed with what people are putting on their badges or just let people do what they do and then it'll take care of itself? Honestly, the answer is no. Like, Really? No, that we shouldn't be the thought police. Morality yeah, police. exactly. We shouldn't <laughs> the be the morality police. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, of course, if it's something that's of a sexual nature, and like, and the the convention itself, like, let's say that it's a, um, you know, kid friendly or 
Well, I, I just feel like that you need to make sure that it is something that, that, that is appropriate when you're you. Yeah. And, and of course, what Marcy has already said, you know, okay, use that. Use some of those badges. You can use it in a private setting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's definitely some badges that I think that should be kept in a private setting. Yeah, I, I agree. Sweet. Coro? I'm good. Okay. All right. So before we take our last break and come back and deliver a new fresh game you can't cheat at. Oh, um, no. <laughs> do you have any final thoughts on badges in general? Um, I, I just think it's awesome to see the variety of, of characters and personalities. And I, I love uh, engaging with people in, in creating their, their persona whether it's for the first time or the 20th time. And um, thank you so, so much. <laughs> it, it's the best job in the world. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to our break, and we will come back and continue talking about patches. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Thursday, April 14th, here are your space headlines. The big news everyone is talking about is that SpaceX made history yet again. Roughly 10 minutes after launching CRS-8, the Falcon 9 first stage returned to Earth, successfully landing on the drone ship, of course I still love you, and stayed upright. Very shortly after it touched down, recovery crews swooped in and attached anchoring boots to the lander legs, welded to the deck to keep it upright on the trip back to shore. This is huge news. This is the second time SpaceX has successfully landed their first stage, and the first time on their drone ship. This will herald the coming of reusable rockets and significantly reduced spaceflight costs. Congratulations, SpaceX. You did what everyone said could not be done. Not only did they land the first stage, but CRS-8 was successfully put into orbit. The Dragon spacecraft has already been berthed to the ISS, and it carried with it BEAM, B-E-A-M, the Bigelow Expandable Activity Module, which will be attached to the station, expanded, not inflated, there is a difference, and run through two-year usage tests to prove the technology for human occupancy. This is important for reasons I'll get into in a bit. SpaceX isn't the only one making strides in reusable rockets. Blue Origin recently launched the New Shepard spacecraft for the third time. To clarify, this doesn't mean that it's the third one they've built. It's the same one they've flown to the edge of space twice before. It successfully passed the Kármán line, and even went a little further than previous flight tests. The engine module came screaming back to Earth, only igniting its engine about three or 4,000 feet from the ground, so the footage shows it slowing its descent frighteningly rapidly but successfully touching down at about 4 miles per hour. Other than being the third successful flight, what makes this mission so special is they actually flew two scientific experiments on board for paying customers. They've beat every other aerospace company in developing reusable suborbital flight with commercial payloads. Congrats, Blue Origin. Now, maybe you could get us a live stream for your next launch, please? Getting back to the beam testbed that will be attached to the ISS in coming weeks, Bigelow Aerospace recently announced alongside ULA that they've purchased an Atlas V in its 552 configuration, the most powerful version of the the Atlas V that has flown. What does Bigelow intend to fly on it? Their brand new BA-330 expandable station module. It will offer more than twice the space of the Destiny module aboard the ISS, the largest module on the station. At only an additional one-third the mass, 
Right now, Bigelow says it can either be attached to ISS or it can stand on its own as an autonomous station, able to be serviced by at least three crewable vehicles currently in development. Dragon 2, Starliner, and Orion. And this is currently scheduled to fly no earlier than 2020. Within four years, we could see the start of the commercialized space station market. This could open the door to private space stations, space hotels, and even a permanent manned presence in lunar orbit. Expect to hear a lot more about the BA-330 module, both of them, that Bigelow is building. That's right, they're building two, and plan to launch them both in 2020. That's all we've got for you this time. For more information on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, SpaceX, Bigelow Aerospace, and Blue Origin on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Normally, I would give my usual sign-off here, but Tugs was kind enough to get something rather awesome. Here's a little clip from an interview with Buzz Aldrin he managed to record giving our sign-off. Buckminster Fuller taught me a lesson. It's not up and down, it's out and back. So, keep looking outward! Hello, I'm Paul Shep from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, and you're listening to... For what it's worth! Fifty Sheds of Grey, the fourth and final section. It has... This is a strange place to start this. I've never slept with anyone, never had sex in my bed, never flown a girl in Charlie Tango, never introduced a woman to my mother. What are you doing to me? His eyes burn, their intensity takes my breath away. His breath takes everything else away. The waitress arrives with our glasses of wine, and I immediately take a quick sip. Is he opening up his pants, or just making a casual observation? Okay, now, it says I murmur at the end of this sentence, so I'm gonna try this. I really enjoyed this weekend. Doesn't work that way. I really enjoyed this weekend, I murmur. He narrows his eyes at me again. Stop biting that lip, he growls. Me too, he adds. I feel like I need to do this next line in what I would picture a fox on a phone sex line speaking. What's vanilla sex? I ask, if asking any if anything to distract myself from the intense, burning, sexy, hunka hunka burning wolf he's look he's giving me. He laughs. Just straightforward sex, Anastasia. No toys, no add-ons, he shrugs. You know, well, actually you don't, but that's what it means. Oh, I thought it was the chocolate fudge brownie sex we had with a cherry on the top. But hey, what do I know? The waitress brings us soup. Because that's just what happens when you're in the middle of a conversation like this. Hey, it's time for soup. We're talking about, you know, brownie sex. Have some soup. We both stare at it rather dubiously. Nettle soup, the waitress informs us before turning and flouncing back into the kitchen. Nettle soup? Really? I mean, I was a kid and I used to have to do an awful lot of gardening and nettles were the worst things ever there. That stuff would stick to your fur like nobody's business. I don't want that. 
I don't even know if I would want to eat a nettle. Anyway. I don't think she likes to be ignored by Christian. No one wants to be ignored by the Christians. Especially in this moment of our current election cycle. Especially Donald Trump. So this is probably going way later than that. So it makes no sense anymore. That was a joke for you kids that were paying attention to the election in 2016. Go look it up on Wikipedia. I take a tentative taste. It's delicious, much in the way that having nettles down shoved down your throat can be. Christian and I look up at each other at the same time with relief. Possibly also nettle poisoning. I giggle, and he cocks his head to one side. That's a lovely sound, he murmurs. Why have you never had vanilla sex before? Have you always done uh, what you've done? I ask, intrigued. He nods slowly, seriously questioning his life's choices. And welcome back, everyone. We're going to go right back into our topic, which is about badges. And we're here with Marcy. Marcy, how are you holding up? I'm terrific. Terrific? Are you drawing? Uh, yes. <laughs> are you drawing, like, are you doing, like, the phone drawing where, like, you draw vines and kind of endless things? Or are you actually drawing, drawing? I'm inking a badge. Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. She's always working. She's always working. No. It's good. It's good. Actually, I, I put it aside. I was working on it during the break. I'm not now. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Multitasking is something that I can't do. But if Actually, you can I can't do either. It... <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, before we get into more questions, we want to give a shout out to the Manitoba Furries in Winnipeg for that awesome ident. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so amazing. Thank you so much. Now we're out of idents. We need we more. Need more. <laughs> so fire Bruskin and Aggie until we get more. Woohoo! Alright, so um we've gone over I think these as well, you know what? Let's change this question up a little bit. So I'm sure that you've seen a lot of people come up to your table at a con and they're wearing a variety of badges. And mm -hmm. some of them may have been run by you, some of them are not. Some of them are probably normal and some of them are like what is on that badge so as far as first impressions go what kind of first impressions qualities of a person do you find that you get from a badge like personality stuff or is it more like i'm into x y and z and you need to know about it um yeah i, I think it's probably more the latter where um the badge talks about what their hobbies are their interests um you know, I, I think that's really interesting. I like to see that. I love to see a variety of, of different art styles and and, uh, and badges. Sometimes I'll look at a badge and say, oh, man, who do that? That's awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like there's a lot of awareness of when people are commissioning badges about what the first impression is going to be with that? Or is it just like, I just want this badge. I don't care what other people think about it. I guess if it's a fetish, they'll be more conscious of how much they, how much they're asking to reveal <laughs> on a badge. Um, 
but I, I think most of the time they tend to be unselfconscious about it, which is great. I mean, at a, a furry con, you should be free, free to feel unselfconscious, right? I don't know. It depends if you're going to Eurofriends or not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, well, you, you bring up that. The, well, ba- the baby gate or whatever it's called. We're not calling it that. No more gates. <laughs> so, so I think so, we... Go ahead, Rue. Oh, what... Oh, well, I was going to actually ask um, Coru another question. Uh, what do you yeah. think is important to have on a badge? Uh, whatever you want. The company whatever you work for? Whatever you think is important. I mean, that could differ for... How about for you? For me? Yeah, for you. Well, it'd have to show my character, you know, colors, um, you know, some sort of attitude, you know, through uh, the pose and the body language, and maybe a hobby or two. Okay. How about for you, Tex? Uh, my badges are always expressions of myself, so it's if I go back and look through them, I can see kind of the things I have gotten into over the years, <laughs> um, and one thing's been constant. It's actually a really interesting history, which no one but my closest friends will see. Um, that's certainly not something that's going up in like the funeral poem or whatever when I die. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna have all of your badges, and we're gonna no like display. There's a reason they're all <laughs> encrypted when I'm not playing <laughs> when I'm not playing Dolly House on the computer with them. Um, Make a giant poster out of them. No, I've done that. Uh, <laughs> I, I know but, a certain skunk who can do that. Yeah, uh, it's a raccoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I, they're expressions of the things I'm into. But occasionally, if I get gifted one. Uh, the most recent gifted one was me as Mario with the Mario Maker hat and the question mark block because I enjoy making Mario Maker levels right now. So it's kind of interesting, but they're always usually the things that I enjoy doing as hobbies. At first, it was not. It was more just expressions of myself. And yeah, they were probably not here. Uh, but as, as as they've evolved, it's been more of just the things I'm interested in. Awesome. What That's about fun. you? For me? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten a batch for... Quite some time. What's actually. wrong with you, man? You need to you need to make America great uh, again. I'm, I'm or Canada. More into just, <laughs> I'm more into just commissions. You know, doing commissions with with my boyfriend and your second. Uh, my second is that what is he being reduced to? No, that's what you called him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, now I've been doing a lot of commissions lately instead of badges. So, yeah, but it's somewhat along the same exact lines as you. It's just my interests that I have at the particular time. Like, I I have, like, Smash Brothers, like, with all my roommates or just just fun little little things that I'm into. Like, for instance, I want to get a a Pokemon Roo um, badge sometime, like him as a trainer or something like that. It would be fun. Marcy, what's on your personal badge? Um, well, I recent, my most recent badge, uh, I got one done by Kitsumi. Um, she was doing uh, Nico Atsumi badges. You know that that app? With, yeah. Collect, collect cats? Yeah. <laughs> I love the art style, and she just did a, a fabulous job. So it's, uh, she asked me what kind of theme I wanted, and I uh, said, well, draw me as a, a silver tabby cat, because um, that's my favorite kind of cat. Um, Drummy is an artist, so I'm holding like a, a pad of paper and a pencil, and I'm walking through nature, and I'm just wearing like a purple hoodie because purple is my favorite color. So it's uh, it's lovely. She did a great job. It's, it's so adorable. Does the hoodie have a zip? 
Uh, I think so. Does it, does it matter? Yes. <laughs> it's very important. I was, you know, Marcy, I'm on the same page with you. I was thinking the same exact thing. Does people, that really matter? People yeah. who like the look of hoodies, like in general, care a lot yeah. about the zip. That's, that's a fair question. It is a fair question. No, I'm, it is. Pullover hoodies are just a pain to try and get on and off. See? This Agreed. Agreed. Does, <laughs> does it matter for the picture, though? <laughs> well, it says a lot. Like, you know, do you do you, do you like the jacket style? Or are you more like... Because then I can picture it being like a laid back thing. Kind of like, you know how... Um, oh, okay. Like guys will do like the button down, but they won't button it down. They'll have an undershirt underneath it. Kind of yeah. Thing. That was actually a question you asked me because I got a hoodie badge. Uh, or a badge with a hoodie on it and you asked me is it a pullover or a zip up and I was like does that matter but I was like <laughs> okay a zip up sure there's people in the audience who will appreciate knowing this it's it's just a, it's a fashion question what's wrong with that so this is a great segue to the next question Wait, I want to turn the question upside down before we move what do you think is not important to have on a badge or what's important to not be on a badge so what should be excluded Aren't those two different questions? <laughs> well, that's the original intent of the question. Okay. Rue's reading my writing. That's the thing. Yeah. So what should what what? Let's 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 refine this just a little bit for you, Marcy. So what won't you draw on a badge, and what do you think people should think twice about before putting on a badge? Um, I guess you should think twice about something that people would look at and think, well, "What is that?" <laughs> And what's going on in that picture? Um, especially if you're going to be wearing it out in public. You know, if you're wearing it to a private party, knock yourself out. Put whatever you want on your badge. It's, you know, it's it's like a tattoo, right? You, you can of tattoos, cover it up in my thought? company or you can expose it. It's up to you. <laughs> um, so a badge is, is pretty personal. Um, so I wouldn't put any restrictions on it as far as what you have on it. Uh, as far as what I will draw. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is there a, like, is there a, a line that you're like, I will not draw this because I'm sure people have hit that line. Have they hit this line? Not too often. I mean, I think you can pretty much tell what I will draw from my gallery on for affinity. And if you don't see it there, I don't get too many requests for it. So, <laughs> most, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, my art is, is, is PG, PG-13. And that's pretty much my limit. So speaking of tattoos, um, the question back, um, well, we, when you were talking about um, tattoos, have you ever thought about being a tattoo artist? Um, you mean actually applying the ink to someone's body? <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. Wow. <laughs> Because take a look at the people who are tattoo artists, right? They're covered in ink. They love tattoos. I can't stand pain. So as much as I would love a tattoo, I just can't do it. <laughs> so what, how should someone, should someone just come up to you if they want a badge and just say, are there, are there limits? Is there a list? Like what's the appropriate way for them to ask if they feel like being sensitive about these things? Um... If you take a look at someone's art and you don't see any examples of what you're interested in in their gallery, um, to be polite, you could ask them, is there anything that you won't draw? 
And sometimes they'll say, ah, yeah. (laughs) And sometimes they'll say, ah, try me. So if they're open to exploring, if they're open to hearing what you might want to have from them, that's a good way to open it. Um, If you're asking for something you think would be really outside of their comfort zone because you you don't see anything remotely like it in their gallery, um, chances are they probably won't. That's just my experience. So politely ask is still the the M.O. Politely ask and be prepared for a no. What's that? Politely ask and expect uh, to be declined. Prepare yourself. Yeah. If, you know, is there something you won't draw is a good way to open it. Um, Rather than what will you not draw? (laughs) Because that that could be a longer list. (laughs) It's true. It's very true. So what do you think about expressions of more unusual or even light aspects of um, sexuality on a badge? This can include gear, um, gender, diapers, etc. Um, again, it's, it's depending on how much you want to give away when you're wearing the badge um, and where you're going to wear it. Are you going to wear this badge out to a restaurant where there are going to be people outside the con? Um, are you going to wear it in the lobby where there might be kids? Um, what are your intentions with this art? <laughs> you know, with, with, a, with a sketchbook, it's so much easier to just close the cover, right? And, and you show it to whom you want or show it to no one at all. With a badge, uh, I think by its very nature, it's more public. It's, so, it's interesting, yeah. you know, your approach to it. Because um, just even in, in, in talking about this, a lot of people, and I think I may have even fallen into this trap myself unconsciously, would almost, in a way, until they think about it, say, well, the artist should just not draw it. But the thing is, is in you talking about it, you're like, I'm not the morality police. I'll draw it if yeah. I feel comfortable with it. But yeah. that's your job. Yeah. And, you know, that that probably is going to give some people a, a pause there. I'm, I'm sure we're probably on pause on someone's iPod right now. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I have to, but the thing is... <clears throat> Forever pause, Tugs. Forever. Forever pause. <laughs> We're done with for what it's worth. <laughs> but, the th- but the thing about it is, I, I think you're right. And do you ever run into that mentality of like, well, artists are shouldn't draw it if, if you know, you shouldn't have made it then kind of thing. Do you, do you get what I'm asking? Um, I don't run into that too often, no, because I think most of what I draw is, is of a pretty benign nature. Right. Um, but take T-shirts, for example. I mean... I sometimes I see inappropriate t-shirts in public that I think, really? You're wearing that out in public? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's up to them. As an artist, no, I'm not the morality police. So if I feel comfortable drawing it, I'll draw it. And if people are uncomfortable viewing it, well, that's kind of up to you because it's your badge. <laughs> it's on your body. So it falls to the badge owner. Yeah, it does. There we go. We have made an important discovery. I need a sound for that. Uh, the more you know? I don't know. Oh, yeah, we can do that one. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, the only counter argument that I would say is the only... And I, I love playing devil's advocate because I am <laughs> Lucifer here. So, <laughs> um, okay, so... But aren't you the one that's signing the piece of artwork? If she signs it. 
yeah. So if I feel uncomfortable drawing a piece of art um, that I know is going to be public, um, then I won't do it. Okay. If I'm drawing a piece of art in a sketchbook, I would kind of feel the same way because I don't know who's going to see that sketchbook and where it, where in whose hands it might end up, right? So, so you might not sign it. Um, I always sign my work, so I have to feel comfortable drawing it. Hmm. And if I don't feel comfortable drawing it, then I'm just not going to draw it. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. I think that that's yeah. a perfect answer. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question. So, so your practices, putting them aside for just a moment here, you interact with other artists. Is there yeah. a school of thought about... I'm going to draw it because it's a it's a social protest or whatever, but I'm not going to sign it because of reasons. Do you run into that? And what kind of what kind of reason would someone to have to not sign? Do you have I any? I I haven't run into that before. No. no. Um, huh. Yeah, no one in my experience has done a piece of art and then not signed it for any reason. Hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. I know there was like protest stuff in the 30s, I think, or 40s. But, I mean, that's well before our times stuff. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to turn one of the questions we asked earlier upside down just because it's an interesting. So we've talked about taboo stuff on badges. We've talked about what should be on a badge. But have you ever seen a badge, anyone in the room, um, where you look at it and you're like, something I would expect to be there is missing? Like expound. Well, for instance, let's say you meet someone and their name isn't on their badge. Hmm. I, I have, have had this badges happen. without names on them. You have? Yep. It, it's pretty rare, but I have drawn them. Yeah. In some cases, it's because they, um, they're they too shy to to have their name on it. And in some cases, uh, they just haven't developed the character enough. They haven't settled on a name. So it's like, okay, we'll, we'll table that for now. <laughs> so what what would you... What would be on a badge that would make you... Or not be on a badge that would make you pause and go, that thing is missing. Like, Rue, have you... Well, think about it for a second. Uh, if uh, Maybe if they didn't have ears, or maybe they were lack of... So they, some kind of anatomy of, that would normally be there? Yeah, or maybe... May, I'll be honest, okay. So maybe, maybe it's a furry that um, is an amputee. Maybe that, and they, they don't have an arm. I've right. drawn those before. <laughs> we have proof it exists. <laughs> uh, okay, I've drawn one before. <laughs> we have proof. <laughs> what about you, Koru? Um, I have actually seen a uh, naked badge because the fur was a, a naturist or nudist. So that's how they envisioned their character. Uh, so it wasn't like in a, in a sexual way. It was more, you know, like an artistic way. But that was like, wait, your badge doesn't have clothing okay. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say? Oh, man, I don't know. For me, it's... I don't think there's a badge... I've seen so many kinds of badges out there now that I'm just like, eh, you know? Everyone does something a little different. For me, it's okay. like, what can you do that's innovative with a badge at this point versus what's missing? But maybe that is something innovative on its own. I have not stopped to ponder those merits. Uh, <laughs> for me, most of the time, it'll be a missing name. I'll be like, crap, I can't cheat and pretend I know you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> which is, we have a few extra minutes, so now we can ask some fun questions, right? So that was, I was going to ask, how many, including yourself, Marcy, because I know that you're there behind your table, but obviously you're not always walking around. Um, 
have you seen the person come up to you, their eyes dart to the badge, then they dart back up, and you know that you've hung out with them, but they don't remember your name. <laughs> well, I do that all the time. <laughs> it's like, I know you. What's your name again? <laughs> yeah. Have you done? Have you seen that happen to you, Ray, where someone... Whoop, whoop? Uh, no, not, not with the, uh, well, yes, yes. I have had that happen before, um, at a convention, um, where it's a, a furry that knows about the show and. Oh, they go, you don't look at all like what I thought. Well, no, they know <laughs> they all of a sudden like start screaming and I'm like, uh, okay. Um, yeah. It, what's going on? Is something wrong? <laughs> you know, Is the fire. Is there a fire? And they're like, uh, your room? no way i'm like <laughs> i've listened to all your episodes and i know exactly and then they like pertain like some story that i've that i've said and oh that's happened to me and they they act like like they're they're like my my closest bestest buddy or friend <laughs> and i'm kind of like um i know nothing about you hi it, it i don't know yeah that it's, happened at fan x Oh yeah, that did happen. Yeah. So so, but eye darts. So you've gotten a little bit of the up down. Yeah. Okay, Koru. Up down. Yeah, it, I, well, I get that all the time, and you know, I'm I'm terrible with faces and names, where I can remember a face, but I don't exactly remember the name, which is why I specifically have a button that I wear on my lanyard. I have that button that says it's okay. I don't remember your name either. <laughs> That's great. I actually just, I catch people doing it. I go, you forgot my name, didn't you? They go, oh, uh, no. I go, BS. <laughs> you forgot. It's okay. I don't remember yours either. But I remember we hung out and had a good time, and that's the important part. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's time then for our last break. We will come back and then play the game. Hello, and welcome to Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka. Today's episode, Pluralistic Ignorance. I want you to think back to your earlier years. You're sitting in a classroom, listening to your teacher talk about, let's say, math, and a realization hits you. You're lost, completely and utterly lost. You have no idea what your teacher is talking about. And you think, hey, if I just raise my hand and ask, she might be able to explain it to me, right? But something stops you, doesn't it? You think to yourself, if I raise my hand and ask a question, everyone will laugh at me. They'll think I'm dumb because none of them had to raise their hand, none of them had to ask a question. They all seem to know what the teacher's talking about. Don't they? What if I told you that situations like this happen more often than you might think? In fact, psychologists even have a name for it. It's called pluralistic ignorance. Here's how it works. You know why you behave the way you do. After all, you have a front row seat to your own mind. So when you don't raise your hand in class, you know the reason why. It's because you're afraid of being embarrassed. But what about your classmates? You don't have access to their thoughts, so you have to try to piece it together for yourself. And the simplest explanation is that they're not raising their hand because they know what the teacher's talking about. They're not confused like you. But what if they're in the same boat as you? What if they're confused too, and they don't want to put their hand up and look foolish? What would that look like? Well, they wouldn't be putting up their hand, which would make them look like 
they weren't confused. To put it simply, pluralistic ignorance is when everyone goes along with the norm and assumes that everyone else agrees with it. But privately, they and most of the people involved might actually disagree with that norm. So what does raising your hand in math class have to do with the furry fandom? Well, in an earlier episode, we explored how our fandom has all sorts of norms that most of us follow. Pluralistic ignorance suggests that, despite the fact that we go along with these norms, some of us, or even most of us, may actually disagree with some of them. Like drinking at a furry convention or at a party. Now, to be sure, drinking does happen at these events. There are norms which say that parties and conventions are where you're expected to drink. And if you were to go along to these parties and see furries drinking, you might think to yourself, well, I guess everyone agrees that this is where furries drink. The research shows that this might not be the case. Two psychologists named Deborah Prentice and Dale Miller did a study on drinking in college students. They found that many of the students weren't actually all that big on drinking, despite all the stereotypes that exist saying that students drink on campus. Most of the students were only drinking to fit in or because it was expected of them. And while they knew that about themselves, they didn't apply that to others. They assumed that all the other students were drinking because they wanted to. Keep that in mind the next time you're at a party or at a convention and you catch yourself doing something just because everyone else does it, not because you want to. Pluralistic ignorance may also play a role in the fandom's norms of inclusivity and belongingness. We know that furries are an inclusive and tolerant group, and many of us privately agree with these values. But imagine there's a local gathering of furs, and there's one or two people coming that make you feel really uncomfortable. Maybe they say offensive things, or behave obnoxiously, or start drama. Now, privately, you may find yourself wishing that the organizers would just kick them out or uninvite them, but you'd never say that publicly. Instead, you just smile and pretend to go along with it, because you don't want to risk being the one person who complains. But chances are, you're not the only one who feels that way. Every other person in the group may be thinking the exact same thing, but when they look out at the group, all they see are people going along with it. The take-home message is this. Sometimes it's good to be honest about how you really feel about a norm or a group behavior. All it takes is one person to stand up and say something to dispel pluralistic ignorance. It can be hard to be that person who raises their hand and admits in front of the class that they're confused, or to be the person who sticks out their neck and says, yeah, that person really bothers me and causes the group a lot of problems. But chances are, if you're feeling this way, someone else in the group feels it too and you'll make it a lot easier for them to speak up by speaking up yourself. This has been a quick look into the psychology of pluralistic ignorance. I'm Dr. Nuka, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Sight. It's worth. Brought to you by For What It's Worth Handyman. When you need someone to loosen your drain, think For What It's Worth. There are so many things that can go wrong all over the house. Why, it's almost too much for the housewife or husband to manage. Has this ever happened to you? You are throwing a tasteful dinner party for many of your most well-behaved friends. 
you pull the TV dinners out of the microwave oven and carry them to the living room, only to find that everyone has piled onto the dining room table, knocking things over, making a terrible mess, upsetting the neighbors with their animalistic noises. You decide to join in, only to be drawn away by the distraction of the garbage disposal turning on by itself and trying to eat its way through the floor to escape. It could happen to anyone. Or perhaps the central air unit decides to fail, leaving your suited dance practice a sweltering misery in the middle of summer. Did you break the tub faucet because you got too vigorous in the bath? Again? Not to worry. For what it's worth, Handyman is on the case. Our contractors can get you hot, cool you down, and make sure that garbage disposal can't ever get away, no matter how badly it wants to. Why, they can even reinforce that faucet so even the most spirited of bath times can't break it. Our rates are competitive and negotiable. Be sure to ask what your handyman is or is not willing to do and check their tiered prices for various degrees of finish. For what it's worth, handymen, let them unclog your pipes today. And now for today's secret code. 1, 12, 20, 5, 18, 14, 1, 20, 5, 16, 1, 25, 13, 5, 14, 20, 13, 5, 20, 8, 15, 4. Good luck. Alright, so and now it is time for the, the game. game. So Yay! Yeah, the game <laughs> So this game is called Do You Know the D? Not the D, just D. Do you know D? Okay. Do you do you know I mean you are about to be quizzed on how well you know D. Prove to us you love your D as much as you claim. <laughs> Okay. Each each correct answer is worth one one dearful point. Dearful point. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> As I'll ever be. Okay. In red, bold red, do not cheat. Hold on, let me add some italics and underlines. <laughs> okay. Guys, you're such a buzzkill. I know. Nope, I've got a good... Oh, I don't really have... This is just beer. All right, so... Question one. What does D signify in Roman numerals? Uh, what? Well, you know Roman numerals. There's I and V and X. So what's D? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> yes, Koru? Oh, I, don't, I was going to guess 500. It is. It is indeed 500. Koru gets the point. Suddenly he's competing. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All right, question two. If traveling overland from Austria into the other parts of Europe, you might find a stone pillar with the letter D on it. What does this indicate? A stone pillar? Yep, with the letter D. Uh, Deutschland? Awesome. Yay. Correct. All right, question three. What country uses a modified letter D as its currency symbol? Hmm. Nope. Oh, wait. Um, uh, no, I got nothing. 
Rue. Uh, it is a Vietnam for the Vietnamese Zong. Okay. The Zong. Although it's spelled with a D. Okay. It's the D dong. makes a Z. Mm-hmm. No, Top Gear pronounces it Dong. It's okay. <laughs> Good for them. Question four. What is the unicorn? I mean, unicorn. What is, <laughs> what is the unicorn? Wow. Okay. What is the Unicode decimal for the letter D? <laughs> unicorn decimal. Wow. I liked unicorn better. Uh, yeah, that was a better question, wasn't it? No, I have nothing. Don't know. <laughs> You're doing very well. I'm much more pleased with well, this game. Well, wait, wait, wait. Give give us a random number from um, one to a hundred. Sixty. There you go, Tugs. That was very very close. It was sixty-eight. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. <laughs> I was close. What ancient language was the letter D superfluous in, but still retained? What ancient language? Yeah. Huh. Uh. No, I don't know. Doing so well. <laughs> Etruscan. The Etruscan language considered the D to be like the letter B, but they kept it around for who knows why. Etruscan. Okay. Question six. What does the letter D indicate on U.S. currency? Pa- uh, sorry, U.S. paper currency. What is the... Yeah. What? what does the letter D indicate on U.S. paper currency? There's oh. a spot with a seal that has letters. So there's like, and and I can't remember. There's there's a D is one of them. There's other letters. There's A B C D E F G H I J and K and L. Wow. Okay. So what is the D? Yeah, uh, I'm blanking on that one too. You're doing very well. I know. <laughs> I hate losing, you guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is killing me. That's why you make everybody like you make these questions so difficult. I know. They're so obscure. <laughs> they I are. Know. All right, Rue. What does it stand for? Uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. That's where they made that particular bill. Wow. All right, this one's easy. Who invented okay. the D programming language? Why is this easy? Because <laughs> you only got to guess a name. I don't know coders. <laughs> Walter Bright. Okay. Okay. Right. What is the so, co- tip of my tongue? <laughs> <laughs> what is the covered? Or what um, is covered? What is covered in D magazine? What is covered? Yeah, yeah, what's the what is the audience, the subject matter of D magazine? Mm. I bet it's something naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Is like, is this one of the magazines you see in the store that the front's covered by yeah. you know plastic or something? Well, if it's naughty, then it's the interests of let's see, articles of interest. To the city of Dallas, Texas. So those Dallas, Texas people must be extremely naughty. D Magazine, see? Yeah, uh-huh. D Magazine. So, uh, you know. All right. Here's another easy one for you. Question nine. How many types of vitamin D are there? Um, hmm. 
three. I'm sorry, there are five. Oh. Before before we read you your last question, what's the score? I got like one. Is it one chord? Um, yeah, one. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're keeping accurate score over there. All well, right. Because <laughs> no, I remember hearing the ding twice, but that, the other one was for me. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Rue. All right. Question ten. What is uh, R20 cell commonly known as? Um, R20 cell? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, DNA? <laughs> you know, you were heading kind of in a direction. You figured out the theme it, we it, were going for. It wasn't quite that way, but it's a D-sized battery. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so much pain in this loss. <laughs> oh. Hey, you know what? One out of a hundred, I mean, one out of a hundred, well, one out of ten. It's not that bad when it comes to Tugs' games. Yeah, one out of ten is, is pretty good. Some people get nothing. Some people have gotten three all season. So you, you, you're right in there. You're right in the okay. middle of the bell curve. But I think what we've learned from this game that's the most important thing is that you don't know D very well. And you need to go and spend time with D yep. very soon. I should do that very soon. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's do this last little bit here so that you can go and spend some time with D. All right. We've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. Tugs, that was the wrong zipper. Oh, <laughs> right. Sorry. It needed to not be on the hoodie. <sighs> so it's time for the mailbag. The mailbag. So let's kick it off with this email from Kuthra and Max, which I think you have, Rue. All right, Kuthra and Max says, Hi, I am Kuthra. Sorry. Good email. Good email. Thanks. <laughs> Hi, I am Kuthra. Is, is that how you say it? Sure. And I am a new furry. I joined the fandom three to four weeks ago. And I have been trying to find people to talk to in the fandom. And I only found a couple of people in my school with the same interests. I went online and found so many people to talk to. I made a couple of social media accounts like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and etc. The thing was, the thing was, is I wanted to talk to people in Utah. But again, it was a little difficult to find people. That's where I found this podcast, and it has helped me tremendously. Thanks to this podcast, I have learned some tips and tricks on finding new people and some other things. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Shout out to Kuthra and Max in Herman, Utah. Herman. 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 That's like Levon. Harriman. Harriman, Utah. You know where Harriman is. I do. Just kidding. Yeah, we live in Utah. You don't know where Harriman is, do you? No, I don't, actually. 
Do you know where Huntington is? Herman is about 10 minutes south. Do, do you know here. where Lawrence is? Yes. I've traveled our state. Harriman is seriously, it's where the jail is. Oh. <laughs> we live right by you. Thanks for listening. A local. We have a local <laughs> listening to our show. <laughs> That's like the first. Yeah. We should have like a button for that. Like first. Oh, time. wait, you did say he was a new furry. Woo! Well, I'm grateful that the podcast is, um, has helped you out. And you know what? Maybe sometime we'll run into each other and we'll have to share a cookie with each other. That sounded really Just really don't weird. shower with them. Ouch. Does, no. it, does Utah have an anthem? Um, yeah. It does, actually. You want me to play it? It does? Yeah, sure. it does. Hold on. I will get it. Because I know Texas does. No, it's this. That's, we don't have an anthem. I was just playing music in the spoken word. Yeah, you. Yeah. in other words, you were just playing the Mormon ta- Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> Anywho. Okay, uh. so thanks for the email. We're going to move right along. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, this person has no name. He says, hello, Rue. I just joined the fandom and I'm kind of lost. I got into the fandom because I found your podcast. And when I was clicking around to different episodes, I listened to the older versus younger generation people episode, and you said you can easily relate to younger people. So I guess that's why I'm messaging you specifically. And also, you may have a favorite, but don't let Tugs know that. It's okay, I'm not offended. Let me explain a bit. I'm beep years old, and I'm going through a very rough patch where I feel like my friends are fake, and that I'm inadequate at everything I love doing. I have a lot of friends, but they're not the kind that would do anything for me like I would for them. They wouldn't walk 500 miles, and I'm not going to sing the rest of this. Um, but I always liked anthropomorphic animals because I never, but never really wanted to be furry because of the bad rep they got, the cringe. I got a little curious over a week back and found your show, and it really shed a light over everything. So I joined FA, looked at the art for a minuet, and decided it wasn't for me. Not high enough, good enough, to bad art ratio personally. So I decided to focus less on art and more on community. I joined the Final Fantasy forums with probably too high of expectations. I thought there would be an outpour of friends, like actual friends. It seems so far the fandom has been indifferent to me, and I've even had a couple of bad interactions, too. So should I look somewhere else? Is there somewhere else to look? I know it was probably unrealistic to have an undying friendship right away, but it seems like I don't fit in super great. Keep in mind, I'm beep and can't drop everything to go meet up or go to a con. Thanks. Sincerely, no name. Well, first of all, because your age is beep... Um, I do want to recommend to you, you know, it may take a couple of years before you are actually at the um, appropriate age for you to be able to go um, to some of these conventions and to some of these meetups. 
You um, are violating the rule. I yeah. get first response. Oh. Well, <laughs> but he, you're right. Continue I, since I, you started. I am, I am so sorry. <laughs> he said, dear Rue, not oh, dear Oh, right. This is one of your fans. <laughs> so go right ahead and continue. No, go ahead. Um, well, I think you're going down the right path, actually. Um, you're You're not in the most advantaged position, and... I think we said it before, but you're at that point where everyone around you is being a dick to each other, and um, it kind of sucks. The other part of it is the kinds of friendships you're looking for, they exist. Some of them only come with time, and at that point in your life, you haven't had a lot of time to make those kinds of friendships. I will tell you, though, that you probably are friends with someone, hopefully, that will be one of those friends in you know, the same amount of years later. So don't give up hope. Just be pragmatic. I don't, I don't actually, I've, as a person who is of my age, when someone comes up to me and is like, I want to be your super best friend right away. I generally, I'm like, what do you want? Whereas if it's more of a, Hey, I want to be friends, get to know you, you know, kind of a, a chill level interest. And then we'd be fine. We have more in common and we become close friends that leads to what you're looking for. So don't be over eager. Just look to make friends and then you will find that naturally some friends will become good friends and best friends and so forth. And then occasionally you'll probably go home and shower with one of them. I mean, that's just how it is. I think sometimes what all of us can do in life is set too high of expectations. And when we go out and expect that something is actually going to happen and when it doesn't happen exactly the way that we want it to happen, we get extremely frustrated and we sometimes give up and giving up is guilty. When, yeah. I'm guilty of that. I think everybody is. It's something that everybody needs to learn in order for you to be successful. You have to um, get up and try again. And so as far as with, um, with your involvement in the community, all I can ask and say is try different avenues. You know, if, um, there's other sites out there. Um, there's like Ink Bunny that you could try. Um, what are so, some other um, social media outlets you think? Uh, uh, well, I I don't know. I don't I don't go to art sites in the fandom for social. I go to social media for social. I I would say honestly, local local meets if they are accepting of. People at your age bracket is probably your best bet. Uh, you know, I actually have a new one. Um, I, I haven't actually mentioned this on the, um, the show there. before. Um, but Telegram has become an extremely popular um, use within the fandom itself. It's kind of um, started taking people from IRC, which is another furry chat client. Um, well, I, but IRC is definitely... Yeah, IRC is super old. It's still in use for for people that still use it. I don't want you to feel like that you're. I don't want you to hate me. IRC is there um, IRC for is there. for chatting and furry chat rooms. But I want you to Google furry Telegram, and it will give you here. Let me oh, get. Oh, there's the a list out there, isn't there? Exactly, there is a list of all the chat rooms. Let me get Do the they exact name. All ages, though. Um, some of them do. Furry-telegram-groups.net. Oh, you got it. Awesome. Yep. There's a whole list. 
you can go there and read about it. Just please be kind to other people. I know that it is difficult at that point in your life, but you must you must be kind to us folks who would like to be kind to you and be upfront about everything. Yeah, and definitely um, it would not be appropriate for you to probably be in a not safe for work, work chat room when you're under the age of 18. How Google transcribed it. Someone left us a voicemail. I'm so excited. I love voicemails. Send all your emails as voicemails because I love this segment. It's the best. It doesn't happen often enough. So here's what it says. Hey, for what it's worth, it's see no chicken good. I am a huge fan of you guys. So you guys are honestly say the best free podcast I've ever listened to. I have really have much to say sorry. That's not a lot of outside right now, but yeah, just came to say that real quick. But yeah, I know it's kind of like maybe eight or nine up until late, but congratulations on that $100. So yeah. So yeah. See you. That was awesome. When did we get money? I don't know. I want a hundred dollars. All right. Well, what? All right. Now let me play the real message. Hey, for what it's worth, it's the Noji Kangura. I am a huge fan of you guys' show. You guys are honestly, say, the best free podcast I've ever listened to. Uh, I really have much to say. Sorry, that's kind of loud. I'm outside right now. But yeah. Just came to say that real quick, but yeah, I know it's kind of like maybe eight or nine episodes late, but congratulations on 100 episodes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, see you guys. Only until I played that just now, I thought he was saying you're the best free podcast. No, furry. Uh, I know. <laughs> I was like, what? Free? I know we're free, but come on. <laughs> Oh, I was like, what? People charge for podcast? I mean, I know that some podcasts do charge, but... Yeah, Yeah, if you want to play the rest of season one, (laughs) we'll pay you. Um, So, (laughs) no, no, I like it. Thank you for calling. It was... I like like getting voicemails. It's fun. I do. I I love it. I love it as well. And thank you for listening. Yes, please. I like hearing other people's voices. Right. Okay, so... Um, we had a choice, Sid, just for time reasons. We're, we we have taken your badge email, and that will be mailbagged. I apologize. But we do want to read your response to the grief episode. So here is what it says. Hello, cast it for what it's worth. This is Sid, your lemur and or rabbit listener. I wanted to express my gratitude for the grief episode. The episode helped me out a lot. And though I wish I could be more descriptive about how and why, I just felt like it was helpful. I feel like everyone handled the topic extremely well, and even that in a few laughs before the show's main topic began, Nuka's message was extremely soft and soothing to listen to. I should perhaps point out that it can be difficult for me to listen to a long podcast or a vlog if the voices of the people don't click well. I believe this is related to some problems I have with some sensory input. I'm not sure. In any case, Nuka's message is a really good segue into a slightly different yet related point that I wanted to bring up. He mentioned that it can be harder for some to cope with grief if it is a sudden loss versus an anticipatory one. 
This is not to dismiss either type, but there's no easy way for me to say this, yet I will. In the in-between time that I wrote for the episode topic and the time that the episode was released, I admitted myself into a psychiatric unit at one of Minnesota's local hospitals. For listeners who may not understand medical jargon, especially with mental health, what this means is I checked myself into a place that is for a mental health crisis. No one forced me to go because I recognized that I needed help. Why I'm talking about this is for a few different reasons. The first is that, on a unit of about 10 people, and all of whom were struggling with mental health in some way, three of them were there because of grief. This does not include me. All of them had experienced extremely sudden losses of a loved one, and now we're dealing with very extreme thoughts, ideas, and plans. I can only speak for myself, yet I was dealing with intrusive suicidal thoughts due to my anticipatory grief and other real-life issues that were going on. However, the fact that other folks were there and were dealing with something that was similar helped me realize I was not alone. This helped me put the value of my own life into perspective as well. That is, if I did commit suicide, then the other people around me would feel the extreme loss as well, and perhaps suicidal as a result, and I don't want that for anyone. The second is this. If you are struggling with mental health, then please get help if you need it. Obviously, no one can force you. However, I'm not coming at a place of force, yet from a place of stigma. There is a lot of stigma that surrounds mental health, whether it is the diagnosis, the therapies, medication, and yes, especially with psychiatric units. Trust me when I say that you aren't crazy for being mentally ill or a junkie for taking the medicine you need or anything else along those lines. If you need to go, then go and know your patient rights when you go in. The last piece is a question. Everyone talked about the phrase, I'm so sorry for your loss within the episode and how you shouldn't use it. I was taught by my dad to say my deepest condolences and said, I was taught this is respectful and appropriate. However, because of what you guys said, and because my dad is not the greatest person in the world, this makes me wonder if this is something I shouldn't say at all. I struggle with social in general, so this doesn't help. What do you think? Thank you for reading. With love and cookies, Sid. Yay for the cookies. But I'm going to let you go first else. this time. Actually, I'm going to jump in. Okay, go ahead. Uh, you said, you know, it's you speak on a lot of things that I myself has have also gone through. You know, I've voluntarily done, you know, what you did. And um, I think it takes a lot of courage to share that with a lot of people. Um, it sounds like you and I have a little bit in common when it comes to uh, grief and loss. And, uh, yeah, just hang in there. And uh, thanks so much for the email. You hit on a lot of really good points. Definitely. All the points that you... you through in i really really appreciated you sending that in um it grief and loss is just it's hard it's hard for everybody you know um we just recently even in the fandom we lost somebody this morning um q yeah yeah and he was a big um big part of the fandom and so unfortunately um he passed away so yeah there's not news about why but he, it has been confirmed that he's gone. Who is this? Um, Q. He was a fox dragon. So, it. I mean, it does happen, and I'm glad you wrote that and and let us know what had happened. Let let this. I mean, I'm, this is my opinion, of course, but I want to be perfectly clear. There is no shame in in taking care of your mental health. We don't understand it enough. We need to do more scientific research into it. But if someone says, "Hey, I have a cold," we don't judge them. They have a cold. You say, go get rest. You don't even think about it. If someone says, hey, I don't... Housekeeping. No. Housekeeping. 
This is not nearly as elegant as you think it is. <laughs> Please subscribe. Two for what it's worth. <laughs> Please. We're not part email. of D Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Please email cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Comment on the site. No one's doing it lately. What's up with that? Please send random emails. Of gibberish to tugs at for what it's worth dot com. Uh, I get that already. They're like, you want to buy some kill? You want to buy some stuff from this factory since you got some stuff for a live show? No, I don't <laughs> want any of that. But do send us comments about show topics, upcoming things, things like that to cast at for what it's worth dot com. Awesome. Um, also, message us on Twitter, Facebook, and Google send Plus. us uh, yes, Google Plus. Yep, and. We want to thank our support cast for all they do. Firebreath for doing amazing lines. And Koru for helping us with all of our audio needs. And the things we don't want to do. <laughs> and lastly, we want to thank our guest, Marcy. Go ahead and pimp yourself. Tell people that they can give you money for goods and services <laughs> and how. Um, please stop by my uh, furries.friskcat.com website. Or it's probably even easier to find me on Fur Affinity. Just look me up by Marcy McAdam. M-C-A-D-A-M. First name has just an I. And Marcy, what's the next convention that you're going to be dealing at? My next one is a fairly local one here in Edmonton, Alberta. Fur A. Um, But the next big one is Anthrocon. Awesome. When's Fur A? May. Mother's Day weekend. Curses! I wanted to go this year. Uh, yeah. Huh? My anniversary weekend. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> At least my girl will be with me. Oh, see? So you'll be able to also, everyone out there, if you would like to learn about D, you can go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... Um, you didn't put anything on here on what we're doing for the next episode. I didn't. I just realized that. So I have the idea bucket open. You want, let's play, make a choice. Actually, let's let Mar- Marcy, you can choose what we're doing for our next episode. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> I, well, I, I did have something in mind. Oh, okay. Well, propose your idea. We'll see if she, if she approves it. Um, but I couldn't remember what I suggested to you before. Good job. Remember it was about, um, something about, oh, Long-distance relationships. Oh! What do you I think pre- about that? So, long-distance yes. relationships, consider, like, um, considering a lot of people within this fandom find people online, and they fall in love with people online that's across the world, and how, you know, basically the, the pros and cons of, of that, and... Um, uh, basically, it's a uh, versus online relationships versus in-person relationships. What do you think? Do you approve of this idea, or do we need to dig through the bucket? I approve. <laughs> <laughs> we need like a sound for that. All right, so that'll be it. We'll talk about uh, online and long-distance relationships versus real life—not real life, but in-person, short-distance relationships. All right, that's it. Is there anything else before we go, Rue? This is Rue. This is Tugs. And Karu. And Marcy. <gasps> <laughs> and you're listening to For, For What, what it's, it's Worth. Did she say it? Did you say it? No. Oh, you still have to say it. What? You have to say the show name. 
how it works. For what it's worth. There you go. <laughs> Turn that recorder off. Recorder.